I think in all communities, most communities, the teacher is revered as that point of call to education and knowledge. The teacher is revered to be the one that provides you with direction on how best to go about, you know, broadening your horizons and educating your mind so that you could become a you know, significant contributor to society. Good afternoon. Welcome to Newsbreak Talk today. I'm Tadeh Shari Prashad and we are talking about a very important issue that has been dominating um, headlines and, and social discussions over the past two weeks was a video that showed a teacher being assaulted, a book being thrown at her. And um, this was done by no less than a learner. That entire incident which took place in Gauteng, um, it happened at the Three Rivers Secondary School in the Val. SABC News and Newsbreak has reported extensively on that. Gauteng Education MEC Panyazale Sufi says if the female learner who threw the book um, at a teacher is found guilty, she will be punished for her actions. So we've covered that in its entirety pertaining to that specific case. But that's also, you know, compounded us to cast the nets a bit wider and find out really what kind of situation and what kind of treatment do teachers in schools endure. Now, I managed to make contact with several teachers and I have to say none of them wanted to go on the record on air and discuss their plight with me. They have though, in confidence, um, you know, explain to me what they've had to go through and some of the stories are harrowing from teachers being throttled to teachers being warned teachers being locked in classes when parents um, you know come to sort them out so to speak teachers having to be hospitalized because they've been assaulted teachers trying to break up fights at school and and in turn they the ones that ultimately become the punching bags it's been quite horrific to hear all of this that teachers have told me during the course of the week but one teacher did want to go on record and tell me his story. I managed to make contact with Tabi So Julian Mohane. He's a teacher from Gauteng who had to be treated for depression because of his learners. This is his story. So in my case, I had to go to a school with a different uh, race of learners. So I, I had that language issue because I am Zulu speaking and my learners were a mixture of Africans as well as English. But because of the context in which they existed, they developed their own language, which they used in my English classroom. And I would be excluded from what they were saying. And learners will just be disrespectful. They will be somewhat kissed during your, your, your lesson and you're trying to, to teach. Uh, at the same time, some are laughing at you. How are they being disrespectful to you specifically? First of all, I think it's disrespectful to, to, to use a language that is exclusive. Like if you exclude me in, in, in an English classroom, first of all, that, that says maybe there are particular things you're saying uh, about me that you don't want me to understand. And you're saying that, you know, the situation got really ugly. I mean, you suggest that you were even a victim of theft from these learners. Yeah, I love my classroom and I feel it needs to be a safe space for me and I'm able to keep my, my stuff safe there. So I, I, I had a normal day. I had a free period and I felt, okay, let me go to the loo, freshen up, because policy doesn't allow us to even leave the learners alone. So I couldn't uh, go to the loo during that period. So when 
I went, I locked the door, closed the windows, and I knew my stuff was safe. But five minutes after leaving my classroom, I had someone rush to me and call me to say, we've just seen two boys come out of the window. And mind you, I did close the windows, but as to how they broke into my classroom, I do not know. They stole one of the most expensive gadgets I had uh, bought for me, which, and as a result, I had to then have a, a, a case opened against them, went to the police station, had them arrested, and as a result of that arrest, uh, my life was very, very much in danger. How was it in danger after after you opened the case? What did you want to go um, to? I would get some random uh, visits. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm one teacher that stays late at school. So you'll be in your classroom doing your, your administrative uh, work and someone will just knock at your, at your door and ask you if you are Mr. Mohani and you would gladly say yes, but you would see that they are there to do something. So I had to also be told, uh, make sure you don't know And what did they do? Um, not, you know, sometimes people will threaten you um, using different body languages and not tell you straight. But I remember one person saying, um, we just came to warn you to be, to be careful. And that was it. Were they strangers? Were they staff from the school? They were strangers, total strangers. So sometimes I'd be waiting for the rear fire bus out uh, of the schoolyard and the car would just pass the park next to me and, and I would have individual ask me if I was Mr. Mohan. And that on his own is, is, is quite endangering to an individual because all of these things put together were too much for me and I ended up getting depression, um, began a, 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 a medication or started taking medication antidepressants because of the situation that I was exposed to. This sounded like a traumatic thing for you to endure. So how did that impact on you as an educator? I mean, did you feel safe in the classroom? Did you continue to want to be a teacher? During that time, especially going to the court, um, the fact that I had to leave some classes unattended for a day because I have a court case or a court hearing to attend. For a period of a month, I felt numb. Um, not only numb, but I felt uh, like Okongo in things fall apart, saying uh, things have fallen apart. So I felt I couldn't feel myself no more in the classroom. It, for some time, I hated being a teacher. I mean, I just want to take it back a few steps. You had to go to therapy because of what you were going through in school. Yeah, a lot of teachers, I have to say, um, my brother, a lot of our colleagues are admitted from time to time in, in, in hospital for depression. And this is one thing the department is not even uh, releasing to the public to say our teachers are really suffering in the hands of the very learners that we are teaching. And that was the story of an educator in Gauteng, Tabiso Julian Mohane, who spoke to me about how he had to undergo a psychiatric treatment and go on antidepressants because of the level of um, you know, treatment he endured from the, the learners that he was teaching at his particular school. We did invite the Department of Basic Education in KwaZulu-Natal to join us today in studio to help us understand exactly what the mechanisms are in place to deal with an issue like this. Um, at this stage, they haven't 
you know appeared yet for the for the for the talk show or even responded um today about what we have requested from them but nonetheless the conversation must go on and we are joined in studio today very fortunate to have Tirona Mudli the CEO of the National Professional Teachers Organization of South Africa or NAPTOSA joining me today she's uh, the CEO of NAPTOSA KZN Tirona thanks for your time thank you Tarish and i think um yes well this conversation is particularly you know it's alarming for a teacher organization like yourself to know that this is what the you know employees that you serve or you know have to safeguard go through i think let's just start off by asking you to paint us a picture what are teachers going through from a abuse attack you know an abuse as we've learned from um as we've learned from tabi so it's not just physical what are they enduring from an abuse perspective terish teaching as a profession is quite a challenging one and obviously it takes a lot for a person to decide to go into the profession um the demands on teachers are great in terms of service delivery delivering the curriculum managing discipline the administrative burden that teachers complain about on a regular basis um also the the burden placed on them to develop themselves professionally now to add to this workload we have teachers who have to endure physical violence on a regular basis or the threats of physical violence on a regular basis mm. i also must not con- condo- uh, conform it or uh, uh, constrain it just to physical violence yeah. there's also a psychological aspect Absolutely. to it and naptosa being a national union the second largest in the country we actually have on a regular basis complaints from teachers regarding their lives at stake the physical harm coming to them and not to forget like your speaker just said uh, just now threats of their property being vandalized stolen so it's actually such a multifaceted problem mm. and for naptosa we're actually um concerned regarding the escalation of this and the levels of violence that teachers have to actually face on a regular basis has it grown over the years i mean i you know i take it back to what we understood many understood you know um growing up when you was when you were a kid you know your parents always told you and always listen to the teacher and you respect the teacher and, and that was the culture i have to admit you know in many schooling careers has that changed over the years tarish you raise an important point the historical sense of authority that teachers actually occupied in our communities and if you want to go back to when i was a school i must say that was a very long time ago mm-hmm. and i wouldn't have to go back that far even going back 5 years from now we never saw this level of violence against teachers the physical harm that teachers have to endure this has been a shift in our communities there has been a change in perspective and the way that teachers are looked upon and what it, do you put this to what would you attribute this to Teresh you know it's actually a multi-pronged one and yeah. you've got to look at the societies in which we come from mm-hmm. the communities in which we come from and the the homes in which learners are actually reared in We can't hide from the fact that we come from a very violent society where learners believe that they are they actually must resolve conflict through aggression and violence. Yeah. It's seen in the homes, it's seen in the communities, and it's what the learners are learning from. So as parents and as adults, we have to lead by example. We have to look at alternative dispute resolution. We can't allow learners to believe that every conflict must be resolved through violence. Mm. Uh learners are just emulating what's happening in the homes. 
if the family resolves conflict through violence, learners would believe that in the classroom, I must also resolve conflict with yeah, violence. Yeah. I want to talk about the issue of conflict, and this is just from uh, you know trying to understand the issue of violence and look at the dynamic of it. Um, you know, when you say conflict. Um, you know, from and what what one understands is that a learner would resort to violence if they feel particularly aggrieved by what the teacher has done. Um, has that come into question? Teacher behavior. You know, are teachers crossing the line? You know, that's an that's also an interesting one, but it's actually contextual. Yeah. What is a teacher crossing the line? Um, stamping her sense of authority because a teacher is an authority figure in the classroom. Mm -hmm. A teacher is supposed to manage discipline in the classroom yeah. and a teacher must actually earn respect in the classroom. So it's actually contextual in nature. What is exactly crossing the line? Is asking that your homework be done crossing the line? Is asking a learner why they're not in the proper uniform crossing the line? So learners, learners choose to, to listen at times and not at other times. Are teachers not there to enforce the rules and policies of the school? Mm. Um, for me, I cannot see that there could be any justification in a learner inflicting physical harm on a teacher. Because surely there are cha channels to do this. You know, if a teacher has crossed the line, say a teacher has picked on you personally, your family, you know, your acumen level, surely there's a way to even raise something as controversial as that. Yes, definitely. You see, with regards to protocols, teachers can be reported to the management of the school, parents can report such conduct to the uh, Department of Education, and also we have SACE, the governing body, the professional governing body, where parents have the opportunities to actually taking it through that level. Yeah. So there's no closed door, there's many opportunities for parents and learners to actually report any kind of misconduct on behalf of the teachers too. Mm, absolutely, and I think also one needs to understand the socio-economic climate that teachers are working in. A lot of them, of course, I mean schools are in local communities. And um, we've documented and highlighted on several occasions uh, what uh, social, uh, you know, communities are going through. So you also have a situation where a teacher is placed with a more violent community, a more, um, you know, I'm and you know I I have no proof to say this, but and maybe you could shed some light, you know. Uh, a learner who's possibly exposed to a world of substance abuse, etc. So surely the dynamic of where the teacher used to be into the way it is now from a community perspective has changed. Yes, Tanesh, look... It's a greater threat to the teacher. Our societies evolve on a daily basis mm. and the education system has to keep up with this. Many years ago, 20 years ago, we didn't have the advent of social media. Yeah. We didn't have the issue of learners in their classrooms having the ability to put, uh, put together a video clip and then circulate it to thousands of people. Yeah. We didn't have the scourge of drug addiction and drugs in our communities. Because that's a major now. issue. You could even have a situation currently where you have um, substance users in your class. And we've learned on this show that these people are, you know, irrational in terms of their reaction. So surely somebody, if you're teaching somebody in your class and they are, you know, hypothetically high on narcotics, they're not going to respond to you in a respectable manner. Teresh, you've picked on something that is, um, that is critical to this issue of violence on teachers. We must not bury our hands, mm. our heads in the, ha in the sand and, yeah. and, and have a feeling that narcotics, smoking of dacha only happens outside of the school. Yeah. During the breaks, 
it's people around the school that are selling this to the learners mm. you have a learner in your class that's not of sober mind mm. and this could actually now perpetuate the violence in the in the classroom mm. so we're not only dealing with sober learners here we are not only dealing with learners who come from a background where they don't see violence on a regular basis yeah. it's a multitude of factors yeah. and most of them yeah. are societal issues and the point of having this particular conversation or what we've what Tirona and I have just spoken about is for you to understand what teachers have to face in a classroom you know it is and it is a specialist um, situation that they have to deal with. Of course, they have to impart education and knowledge, but at the same time, they face with some socio-economic challenges in that classroom that requires a great deal of support and, and, and I think strength even. So that's the backdrop of our conversation. It's time for you to give your views a voice now. You can tell us your thoughts. You know, are you an educator? You're welcome to remain anonymous. Talk to us about what you see in your class, what you go through in your class. You know, have you been a victim of abuse? Or if you're a learner and you see what happens with regard to teachers and learners, that relationship, how that is um, evolving and changing, give us a call. And yes, as a community, you very, you know, um, social issues are very close to your heart. So please tell us your thoughts on this issue. It's 089-310-8789. SABC3 brings you The Mavericks, a lifestyle entertainment series that meets South Africa's most successful entrepreneurs as they take on new challenges. Greg Crick is an award-winning actor with over 40 screen credits. He embarks on an extensive PR campaign for the launch of his 10 Hollywood movies for 2018, including Samson. Find out what it takes for him to stay at the top as one of South Africa's greatest exports. Don't miss Greg on The Mavericks this Monday, 19 March at 8.30, SABC3. The views and opinions expressed on Newsbreak Talk do not represent those of SABC News or Lotus FM. Sanesh, thanks so much for holding. Hi, Tanesh. It's really sad to see the level of gross disrespect being uh, displayed to our teachers these days. And, um, you know, with all the psychology, all the research and um, everything else that goes around it in terms of how to manage these kids and understand them and so on, I think it comes to a point where that should be put away. Teachers should make these students know who is boss in the classroom. They should be ready to bash these kids who are disrespectful in that way. And these kids who violate uh, this code of conduct in school, they should be immediately put in a mental institute and made known to other students that so-and-so student has been put into a mental institute due to this situation. Uh, you know, the other thing is, when these kids get to school, there should be a register there as to whether they want to participate in certain subjects or not, uh, mark themselves present, and they should have the option to attend or not to attend. Um, and in that way, it'll create some uh, civilization amongst these students and these schools. The other thing is, um, you know, gone are the days where, out there, I mean, nowadays the teachers used to tell us, if you're not interested in school, go past the school, get married, have children. I mean, you can't even tell them that these days because the students are pregnant while in school. So that's the level of, you know, the education we have in our system today. Mm. Sanesh, thanks for raising those issues. I think those are, I mean, you can clearly hear the level of frustration that many have when they see it, an educator being assaulted. We're going to dissect all these issues in a short while. Let's go to John on the line. Hello, John. Sanesh. Some time is back on one of the very similar shows, I said that spare the rod and spoil the child. 
And this is exactly what the ruling education department, the minister has, has, has brought about into this country. If we talk of social economic affairs, look at the 1820 sugarcane farmers that brought the children for the state-aided school, where discipline was the order of the day. You do wrong, you get a caning, you go home, your father brings you back to school, give him another four. Now, we bring social economic things in a modern society today. What value has it got? These teachers are under, they're there to teach. They're under strain. They, where did you see in society today that security guards and the police have to examine the bags of pupils at schools? Principals have to listen to governing bodies. So what are they there for? What are we paying our taxes for? for? other people to come and tell the principal who they not even have the education of the principal and the teacher to educate them what's to be done. My belief, cane them, send them home and get back that black book which says you are now dismissed. Thank you. Yeah, so I think a lot of uh, callers calling through to talk about the issue of uh I think corporal punishment. I'd like to remind you, though, that corporal punishment is illegal. So I think that's also a point of, of discussion that Tirona and I are going to take take on. I wonder the, you know, issue of fighting violence with violence. I mean, is that really going to be a solution? But nonetheless, we are going to be dissecting that issue. Mrs. Gavinda is on the line. Hello, Mrs. Gavinda. Hi. Uh, good afternoon. It's a uh, we can't uh, compare the olden days to uh, today's uh, evolving of students in school. Such thing as the media and all this thing uh, is re really a provocation to our uh, students. But nevertheless, uh, you know what I'm looking at? Looks like yeah. the schools are going to become privatized. And that's when the parents are going to sit up and really, really regret for not bringing up the children properly. Like, I, I, I know I, I wasn't a, um, a full-time teacher at a school, mm. and this incident happened. And this child was only in grade six. It caught hold of the teacher, and he shook her up. He really shook her up. But fortunately enough, we were able to find out what was the reason he had there was a problem at home and this child was very very stressed out and so forth and when he came to uh, producing his homework and his classwork it wasn't really there so eventually it, that frustration he took it out on the senior teacher and this teacher fortunately she uh, i had another post and she left the school but she was totally stressed out mm, mm. in the But what I'm saying to is, is what comes out from home, they are subdued, they are contained, and then the only place they can really dispel all the things is out there at other people, innocent people, take it out on, on people that not even aware what is really going on. A teacher is not totally a psychologist. She is an education uh, uh, in her life, to a certain extent, I mean, she uh, she has a, a part to play as a psychologist. But in those days, we had a, a education psychologist yeah. in school, and that was a very, very beneficial. 
how, why and what was the reason they removed them is a totally different reason. Mm. Mrs. Govinda, I'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for raising that issue about, uh, you know, the counselling aspect of it. We appreciate your call. Thanks, Mrs. Govinda. Let's go to Salim on the line. Hello, Salim. Uh, good afternoon, Tiresh. You see, the only teacher is, you know, a very committed person. They work very hard. Most of our schools have female teachers. Um, you know, I think it's just the, the violent nature that, you know, our children's you uh, know, embracing. See, end of the day, there's, there's violence when we see strikers. You see, anywhere there's strike, there's violence. When you look at the TV, there's violence. You know, the, everything we look at today, you know, it's embracing violence. So, it, you know, the child itself is, 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 is taking up a very violent kind of situation. One of the big problems is, you see, our, our schools, particularly our our in the so-called Indian and black schools, we don't engage in sporting activities where the children can burn up the energy, where the children can get more involved in sports, learn the discipline of sports. So, you know, as a result, when the children are angry and they want to use up the energy, they're taking it out on other children. Now teachers, you know, no one feels safe anymore in schools. So I think, you know, it's a violent nature. Everything in this country we look at is violence. Mm. Like we see violence in Parliament. They're throwing things at one another. They're shouting at one another. So, you know, this is an example that, you know, is, is emulating amongst all young people. So if people feel, you know, in business, if a guy's got a contract, a group of, of violent people are going in there and demanding work, they're going to shut down the, the sites. And, and, you know, if all this is happening, children are looking at it. So they feel violence in the way. So we need to now start changing our whole life system where we have to take out violence from every aspect of our life. Mm. Interesting point there, Salim, on the filtration process of of uh, seeing violence on a daily basis in various contexts and how violence is often being used to um, you know, sort out problems, so to speak, and how that is now filtering its way to the class. So let's go to Mr. Louis Pillay. Hello, Mr. Pillay. Uh, good afternoon, Dinesh. Good afternoon to the listeners and good afternoon to Teresha. I think, firstly, a way forward. We've got to move forward in terms of education. Now, we've got the school governing body. Parents need to bring the problems forward to the school governing body. Then we've got school management that can attend educators to the school principal. We have a code of conduct for the learners. How many of them adhere to the code of conduct for learners? Now we must have a code of conduct for the educators. And then what about the principal? But I have a code of conduct for the principal. I mean, principals today, some of them are raping children as well. So we've got to take all that into account. But how far can we go? We're taking matters to the education department, both north and south, and when and had meetings with them in order to control school level. But what are the educators doing? Are we having educators in the school ground, walking around, being on duty? Is the principal notified of everything? But we need to move forward now and, and have a full conduct code for the whole three, three code, the learners, the educators, and the principals. The principals need to come on board. They must not turn at their peer. Same with the educators. Mm. 
Mr. Pillay, I'll leave it there with you. Thanks so much for raising the issue of codes of conduct. Let's go to Kogi on the line. Hello, Kogi. Hi, Taresh. Hi. It's a good uh, topic <coughs> that uh, you are speaking on. Mm. Because uh, today's uh, kids, let me tell you something. I, I actually witnessed kids that uh, actually duck out of school after writing the exams. In fact, the teachers are doing a splendid work, but the children don't want to play their part. That's one. Two is as much as I meet a lot of educators and I say to them, I feel very, very sorry because in our days we used to listen and we used to just love to be five days in school. Today's kids don't want to be in school. They don't, they just can't stand the teachers and whenever you ask them, they got homework. There is no homework. The teachers not, uh, not giving us schoolwork. But when you meet the educators, they are giving them work. They're doing their own things. I actually witness kids that's uh, doing drugs. And, uh, and to approach some of the parents, it becomes an issue and it becomes a problem. So I always tell them, if you can't work and do what's good for you, you're going to end up as a conductor or maybe somebody on the streets. Because we as parents, we got to stand the ground, learn to push our kids, learn to tell them we are brought up the hard way. As much as you're getting things the easy way, but the only thing that you can get and live in life is a good education. Mm. Kogi, thanks so much for that call. I think that was a, that was a very, you know, got a sense of what's going on on the street there in terms of the community by listening to what concerned members of society are going through. And, and I think the role they're trying to play in trying to, uh, you know, speak some sense into, I think, the entire education system. Let's go to Dolly on the line. Hello, Dolly. Hello. Hi. Hi. I'm phoning in connection with this topic, and I would like to uh, go on and tell that it, it's not like those days. Our education were different. And we listened at home, and we also listened at school. But today's children, they don't want to listen at home, so the same happens at school. And they become arrogant because we do, can't blame only the parents. It's also the child to blame because it takes two sides to play the role in this uh, studying business. Because a child can't have her own ways at school because it depends now. If your parents are giving you your own ways at home, so that is how it's happening at school. And, and there's more pleasure and they've got more fun in everything at home, like PlayStation. And you just Google, you got your answer. But our days, we have to write and, you know, find the answer, have to read through the book. Now they've got no time to even read the book. So that is how it's now. Thank yeah. you. Thanks so much for the call. You know, when you said you just Google and you get the answer, it made me think, you know, is there, and, and this is just, you know, uh, drawing from that point, um, is there even a need for educators? And is this what young people are saying? Well, I can just Google it. I don't really need to sit in this class. So that way I can treat you however I wish to. That's an interesting point to take forward. But Selvin is on the line. Hello, Selvin. Hi, hi, Taresh. Taresh, let me thanks a lot once again. You guys always create the awareness in the country. And uh, I really am grateful to you all. Thanks I so think much, the Minister of Education needs to sort out the problems in the school. Be it as it may, they say children learn what they are, what the parents live. You say don't do this and don't do that, but it's still do what the parents live. So basically, as for the last caller, I think we need the tools. One of the tools are at home, the computers, the programs, but the school, the education system, you need to have a discipline. And that discipline is very important. That is, nowadays when the teacher should come, they all run to the gate to carry his bag. Gone are those days. So I think to fix up the education system in this country, 
the government needs to get the Ministry of uh, Education to have disciplines in place, and then each governing body must sort things out body in each school. Thanks, Suresh. That's all I have to say for today. Southern, thanks so much for your contribution. We appreciate it. Okay, let's dis- dissect all of this now. Tirona Mudli is joining me in studio. She is the Chief Executive Officer of NAPTOSA in KZN. Of course, that's the second largest teacher union in the country. Tirona, I think quite a great bit of information and comments coming through there um, and I want to start off on corporal punishment you know you've got two um, you know you've got two callers who are quite aggrieved about what teachers are going through and um, the whole issue of them basically calling you know for a bit more force I think you know cane them some said um, show them who's boss um, and I'd like to offer to everybody listening that in 1996, the South African Schools Act, and that was under Section 10, banned the use of corporal punishment in schools. What that means is that you cannot assault a child at school. So help me understand when you have society saying that they needs, teachers need to be a bit more uh, violent in order to curb violence. Is, is that... Teresh, you know, um, your your listeners have really been on the button with the issues that they've raised in yeah, this round of yeah. calls. And they've touched on such uh, integral points that could all lead up or has led up to this, 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 this topic that we're talking about. Um, with regards to corporal punishment, you, you rightly put it, it has been um, banned in terms of Section 10 of the South African Schools Act. But we must go beyond the South African Schools Act and we must look at the constitution of the country. Mm. And the Bill of Rights does talk to the right to dignity. Yeah. So any infliction of corporal punishment infringes on the child's constitutional right to dignity. Mm-hmm. So we cannot even enter into that realm. It's a criminal act yeah. and you are breaching the constitution. So what happens then to the criminality of infringing on the dignity of an educator? Now that's an interesting one because teachers also have rights and learners have rights. We have to find a way to balance these rights. Le- teachers like every other citizen in this country are protected by the law and have certain rights that they must exercise or enforce through the, the criminal justice system. As NAPTOSA, with regards to our members, we are constantly workshopping them on their rights in this context. We had a very successful workshop last year on the, um, the Child Justice Act, and we are regularly empowering on our, our, our educators and our members as to what it is they can do if they become a victim of violence in their classrooms. So. That brings me to the Child Justice Act. The Child Justice Act, the intention is to actually balance the rights of the teachers and the learners. Mm. Um, Not just the teachers, but generally people out there. And the objective of the the Child Justice Act is actually to seek a respect of everyone's rights in in the community. It confers rights on on all and makes one accountable to the victims and the communities in which they live in. Mm. So my advice to the teachers who are victims in the classroom you have an avenue your hands are not tied do not feel helpless what are some of these avenues for a teacher who does become a victim of abuse you see teachers are of the view or many of us may of the view that because of the child's age 
the child does not have criminal capacity and what can I do? You would go through the South African Schools Act process which talks about setting up a tribunal. The effects or the sanctions that come out of that are very minor compared to the infringements. So you might have the child being suspended for a day or two and the child is back in the classroom. You have to now face this learner and deal with the humility of te- the, the humiliation of teaching this learner after you've been insor- assaulted in front of 40 other learners by the way. So the South African Schools Act, the sanctions that are imposed on learners has proven to be quite ineffective. However, because it's a policy, you have to go through that avenue. But teachers and citizens of this country, you have a right to follow the procedures and protocols from the Child Justice Act. And the Child Justice Act looks at criminal capacity even from the age of 10 years old. Mm. And you would then have to approach the South African police services and follow the processes there. The processes with children are a lot different from how you would deal with an adult in the criminal justice system. Mm. It protects the learner and it looks at alternative sanctions and alternative remedies to the learner. Um, My point of bringing this up and raising it is that many of us are not aware of it, but teachers, you have rights. You have rights, And there are many remedies and procedures for you in the child justice. You know, at this point, I want to talk about what role does a school governing body or, uh, you know, the principal itself play when a teacher finds herself or himself as a victim of abuse. You see, the school governing body actually develops the policies of the school and is responsible for the overall Mm. governance of the school. One of their portfolios is to develop a school discipline policy or as your your, uh, listener pointed out, a code of conduct. There is a code of conduct. But we must also look at ourselves as how effectively are we implementing this code of conduct? Yeah, as Mr. Louis Pillay raised. Number one. Secondly, how relevant is our code of conduct? Are we reviewing this code of conduct on an annual basis or even more frequently to make it relevant. If we had a code of conduct developed five years ago, it has passed its sell-by date Mm -hmm. because new issues have arisen and new forms of misconduct has arisen. So we have to keep ourselves relevant. Um, So it is there. Your your listener also raised the issue of a code of conduct for educators. Mm -hmm. Now there is a code of conduct for educators, both with regards to your employment relationship in the Employment of Educators Act, and more importantly, there is a code of conduct and code of ethics that teachers have to actually uh, abide by in terms of SACE. So there is this regulating body that regulates the professionalism and the ethics of teachers in in the teaching system. And I think at that point then, a call for a teacher to cane somebody who's disruptive or unruly in your class, a teacher can't do that because you're confined by several... It's a no-no. Because you'd be disciplined by your employer, who's the Department of Education, and you could be disciplined by SACE as well. So Mm -hmm. you have to face two tribunals. On that note, though, I want to ask your opinion on this. So is there an effective... We understand... Okay, let's understand the the dynamic. You know, you cannot hit a child and you cannot hit a teacher because both have equal rights, right? But is it policed and enforced equally? Meaning, do teachers who assault learners, are they effectively dealt with as teachers who assault a a learner would effectively be dealt with? You see, Tarish, in terms of the Constitution, and in terms of specifically Section 28 of the Constitution, the rights of the child are paramount in anything that relates to the child. And invariably, it appears there is this imbalance in the processes because children have the right to report the teacher to the school governing body, um, to the department, to the principal of the school. The child also has a right to report the child 
to the criminal uh, to, to report the teacher to the criminal justice system because we have had teachers who've been charged criminally they've been charged disciplinary in terms of the department and they've been charged by states teachers you the only the only avenues you have is to go through the tribunal process of the South African Schools Act and go through the criminal justice system and both are not really working for the teacher at the moment mm -hmm. more especially because the criminal justice act is less known and people are using it uh, are not using it as frequently as they could be using it and as i said previously the sanctions imposed on these learners are so ineffective that they'd come yeah. back to your class but harish expulsion is so an option so i think i think um, that that puts into the, the whole issue that we're talking about respect for the teacher it puts it on another level now on another dynamic if the teachers rights are not enforced or protected so much uh, from you know a um, systematic process um, suggesting then that the system itself doesn't value the teachers contribution to the classroom if the teachers are just left to the to themselves well Suresh you know we could have all the systems and processes in place but it's its effectiveness must be measured by how people use it and if you are able to use it effectively to your benefit like the child justice act you would see some kind of recourse mm. um, and this is what Natosa's stance is empowering our members constantly to know what their rights are because you do have rights yeah. no matter how unbalanced it may appear to be there is something you can do mm. well I'm gonna go to whatsapp just now some interesting comments coming through I'm gonna read them all out in a short while but I also want to talk about uh, some more issues that came through from our callers you know the whole issue of and and we touched on it a bit more but um you know with with young people being exposed to so much more from technology to information you know so much available that the young person is thinking well i'm actually more advanced than you teacher and i can respect you however i uh, disrespect you however i want you know your thoughts on that well look it's it, Respect is a mutual one. You've got to respect the learner as much as the learner has to respect you. But we can't allow for a situation where there's an undermining of the teacher. And I must say that teachers have a role to play in this. You have to be able to command the respect of the learners in your classroom. You have to be or assert yourself as being in a position of authority because that's where you are. You know, you say commanding and earning that respect of... of, of um of a learner and and I think we have to have these conversations from all prongs and all sides of it you know if you have a teacher who's particularly harsh on a learner or you know says things that maybe is a little bit below the belt um, you know that could then you know distress the learner hurt the learner so in terms of that how do you reach out to teachers to tell them uh, even if you are placed in the severe situation of, of you know this anarchy in your class to do it and raise it within the ambit of the law and ethics you see you see with naptosa we are constantly empowering and training our teachers on alternative ways to discipline mm. one of our focuses is on continuous professional development mm -hmm. one of this is classroom management and what we do is train and, and update our our members on what is the latest out there in terms of alternative of disciplinary procedures in your classroom and classroom management um, we we cannot uh, allow a situation where um, the learners undermine and and have no respect for the authority of the teacher because mutual respect is the cornerstone of quality education there will be no teaching and learning in a classroom where the learners are disrespectful to the teacher 
mm. we we must we must be upfront about that it cannot be and many of your uh, your listeners who called in did talk about how it was with when they were in school yeah times have passed on but we've not kept up with the changes in the dynamics of society. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to go to WhatsApp now and look at some of the interesting points coming through. Uh, I've got a message here. I'm sure this person would like to remain anonymous. Um, yeah, there we go. I want to remain anonymous. I am teaching for 33 years and have gone through all the challenges that the education system can go through. Gone are the days when teachers were revered. Um, it has contributed uh, the, the level of you know children have um gone you know ha- has become compromised over the years and it has contributed to many factors if you are some parents are poor role models um just trying to retrieve the message some people are parents are poor role models in the high schools parent pupils are parents and they allow them to come to school they talk to their other non pupils about their nocturnal activities their baby is worrying them so they come to school frustrated being a parent and boss at home they're not going to listen to the teacher in class that's interesting the system of education of OBE RNCS RRNCS and CAPS are failed systems of education and it's it's the school have gone about 33 assessments per term the syllabus is very restrictive and the paperwork trail from the department is very frustrating and too much of repetition they have taken corporal punishment um out and have put in expulsion but to get the child expelled is not is like not possible most parents are not helpful and supporters uh, supportive to teachers they come against teachers and demand to reprimand teachers at school the department must look at bringing some kind of spiritual form of education into the syllabus to grow the consciousness of the children i think it was a very important um message that came through quite a lot of guidelines there um got gone policing haiti i would like to see our government engaging community leaders police education department um, all with the tough stance with regard to this matter and we've got a message from um nasima mohammed brilliant show most often learners behaving badly unfortunately stems from upbringing lack of parents instilling respect to their children adding to that parents are too quick to go mafia style threatening and then even sometimes assaulting educators when i went to school my beloved mom was busy taking care of home and my younger sibling while dad was gone out to work they couldn't even make it to school on awards day to see me collect two to three awards a yearly yet we came out pretty all right for our beloved parents they installed in us integrity and respect so that's from nasima mohammed um and we've got one more coming through from kalevani chetty vanakam bring back prayer in school start every day with prayer and yeah those are the and david also tells us whatever happens in society overflows from what happens at home so that's david well i think we are about to wrap up our conversation we've spent a great deal of time talking about it um we'll open up the phone lines for a very short bit just to get a bit more sentiment coming through from you you can give us a call and try and keep your comments as quick as possible so we can get through many it's news break on um lotus fm with me tari chari prashad are you forgetting things a name where you parked the car that extra thing you were supposed to get at the shop memory loss is natural but so is the solution memorex is a unique combination of the herbs used by eastern cultures for over 4000 years 
Take Memorex as a daily supplement. It'll condition your memory to work better. Available at leading pharmacies and health shops. Visit memorx.co.za. I will continue to entertain the hope that there has emerged a cater of leaders which will not allow that any should be stripped of their human dignity. SABC News commemorates Human Rights Day in the year of Madiba. We will broadcast the Human Rights Day commemorations live from the George Tabby Cricket Pitch in Sharpville. Listen to the live broadcast on your favorite SABC radio stations on the 21st of March. Hashtag know your rights. This week, we get soaked in the sacredness of Mahashivaratri in and around Lanesia. Kugan continues with the yoga asanas on yoga for wellness, and Lokeshji expounds further on the Ramayan, a blueprint for daily living. Catch Sadhana, the Inward Path, every Sunday at 7 a.m. on SABC3. Eight minutes left on the program. I want to still wrap up our discussion with Tirona Mudli. So let's go quickly to the phone lines if you could assist me, Mrs. Governor. Hello. Hi. Uh, just one point. Yeah. Uh, one thing we have to note is the overpopulation in the class. Yeah. You know, the average class was supposed to be about 20 to 25 per teacher. But if you walk into some classes, there are about, about 30, 40, 50 students yeah. in the class. Now, how is that? Parents can't cope with one child. How is a teacher in the class going to cope with so many personality, character, and attitude? So I sympathize very, very much with the teacher, and the department must take action in reducing the numbers in the class. In beautiful point there, Mrs. Governor. Thanks for your call. Anonymous. Hello, Anonymous. Hello. Hi, Anonymous. Yes. Yes. Um, one question. Mm. Uh, why was the Department of Education representative not present for the mm. talk today? Absolutely. Very, very valid point. Yeah, absolutely. I raised that at the beginning of the program. That was my first point of call, actually. I sent yes. through several communication through the department, and I've, uh, I think my communication was that we are looking into your request, and they've not arrived or communicated with me since. So they have declined to d- have this discussion, yeah. So you can imagine the stress we go through as teachers when we want support from the department. We actually need it. And like the previous caller just said, uh, classrooms are overcrowded. And uh, they defend it by saying that there's a need for the numbers to be in the classroom. So it doesn't really make any sense if you're looking for quality education. That's my one point. Mm. The other point which I'm going to make is um, with regards to psychology. Yeah. Everything goes back to the parents. Mm, mm. For me, as a teacher, mm. I'm teaching for 21 years. Yeah. It all goes back to the parent because you are raising that child. Everything you instill into that child is going to come out. You know, they say, uh, the, sow the seed and so shall you reap. Yeah. That's exactly what goes on. And we as teachers sit with the baggage. We love our job. We are really passionate. That's why we're in the classroom. But, you know, uh, the way society has evolved now, it just kills our passion sometimes. Yeah. You know, I think before you leave us, Anonymous, I just have to ask you, in terms of the yes. socio-e- socio-economic development or rather regression that is seeing from issues of learners using drugs, learners, um, you know, as we've got some texts, learners who actually are running households and having children and having, you know, to, to raise babies in the middle of the night. Talk to me about how yes. that has impacted the classroom. You know, um, 
I attended a very uh, exciting, interesting workshop recently, and we were told that you need to have a trigger. I'm always looking for ways to develop myself professionally, and a trigger point for a teacher is the moment you enter your school gate. That trigger is for you to push back all your personal issues behind you, because when you enter the school gate, you are there as an educator. Whatever you go through personally, mm. you should handle personally. You cannot put that out onto the children. Yeah. You cannot uh, make them the victims then of your personal issues. Absolutely. Because that's your profession. That's your right. job. You're walking in there to do a job. You're not so, there to pour your heart so out to the surely, kids. So surely then the learners need to do the same thing and leave their personal issues at the gate and come there and, you know, get an education. Uh, with kids, it's a bit different because mm. they haven't been trained the way we have yeah. to yeah. Uh, separate that, uh, you know, the professional and personal uh, relationship. So it's it's a bit difficult for them to detach their issues. We yeah. are able to control it because we are adults. You're trained as well. Anonymous, I'll leave it there with you now. Thank you so much for calling through. Really appreciate your call. Tirona, I think we've just got about three minutes left to wrap this up. And I think what Anonymous spoke about in the last point is that trigger and, and actually understanding... Um, actually understanding um, how to separate yourself. It, bring, it comes down to the issue of guidance, spirituality, some calling for prayer at school, guidance counsellor. I know Mrs. Governor spoke about the issue of having an educational psychologist present. Um, talk to me about that. And the other issue is the issue of parents and what happens at home and the violence seen around communities infiltrating the you know, school ground. Yes, Tanesh, before I respond to that directly, it saddens me to actually hear a teacher say, you know, the situation is killing their passion. They've chosen this profession, um, you know, with the passion and the, the heart to actually do it. And now to find that the circumstances are leading people to say this, it's quite disheartening. But your, your, your previous caller who spoke about guidance counselling, I think that that is something that we are lacking. This used to be the person that took care of all of the societal issues that surfaced in the schools. Now we don't have that. There's no time for a teacher to jam this in on an, in an already jammed curriculum. Yeah. So teachers cannot take on this role if there's no specific person actually in the school qualified to actually take on the counseling issues with there's the learners. There's a great need for that. You know, on, on that note, as we wrap up the conversation, I mean, already the question asked, and it's a so Solidly valid question. Why is the department not here? Talk to me about engagement or recommendations to the department to address this issue. You know, it, it, it's another point of contention with the unions and the department because the department, like any other employer, has an obligation to create a safe, reasonably safe working environment for its employees. The department is failing to do this. The union, Naptosa in specific, specifically, is constantly knocking on the doors of the department when these incidents and events are raised with us and they are either slow to respond or will not respond at all. The teacher feels overwhelmed and, 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 and resorts to resignation. We've had a teacher from Crossmo who was actually embroiled mm. in a physical uh, fight with learners. She was actually trying yeah. to separate learners who yeah. were at it at the school grounds. She was severely hurt. She landed yeah. in hospital and had to resort to resigning from the profession because of the slow help that she got from her employer. Yeah. Now as a union and really using my union cap on this one, the department has to protect its employees. Teachers are looking for your support and you are not always assisting or supporting yeah, the teachers because, at I mean, the schools. You, know, you wonder in terms of you know, the intervention, of course there's a lot of inter intervention for pupils, whether it's winter school, whether it's extra training, 
how much of intervention for teachers. But that's a point I think we're going to have to follow up and raise this with the department. Listen to Newsbreak on our subsequent um, broadcast. We are going to get some sort of response. But Tirona, as you leave me, and it's a big one that's been still, it's still buzzing here on WhatsApp. Parents don't go on blaming teachers. Um, they're doing their best. It's about you and how you raise your children. Talk to me about that raising aspect, about who you raise from home and then send them to the classroom. Definitely, Teresh. You know, what you do at the home or what you do in the home and how you're leading in the home will actually manifest itself in the behaviors in the classroom. How you deal with conflict, how you speak, how you conduct yourself as a parent and how you raise your children will actually see itself play out in the classroom. So I want to appeal to the learner, to the, te- to the parents out there, support the teachers in your communities. Teach your children the, the, the issues of respect respecting your teachers, following through with whatever it is that's required of you because at the end of the day, without this, you're not going to have much of a future. Thirona Mudli, the CEO of Naptosa Kezran, thanks so much for your time and for discussing this with us. Thanks, Teresh. And we look forward to having you in studio soon. Well, we leave with the executive producer, Salma Patel, Hafsam Kizi and Rachel Badi brought you this broadcast. We'll talk again between 6 and 7 tomorrow. From me, Taresh, hey, have an awesome day.